Welcome to this happy podcast. I'm your host, Matt Palmer, joined by my fellow hosts, John Grosso and Paul Jarzembowski. This week, we're looking around the world, but not in the vein of Epcot. We're looking at Disney parks across the globe. As Paul Jarzembowski throws his arms in the air in frustration, we're talking about attractions around the globe. So let's get right to it. Welcome, fellas. I am very excited about this particular podcast. My wife will tell you it has been a dream of mine to see the Disney parks in Asia. I've been fortunate enough to go to France and Disneyland, uh, Paris and Disneyland and Disney World, but uh, my, my journeys are incomplete, so I have a lot of wanderlust to uh, talk about. Yeah, I guess I'm, I'm kind of in uncharted territory here. Uh, my, my, my journeys have never taken me beyond the shores of America, uh, you know, to, to see any of the Disney parks. So I'm, I'm kind of anxious to see what, uh, what, what you guys are thinking, because I'm kind of, I'm kind of in the dark. So I'm looking forward to this. I'm very Sam the Eagle right here. I'm like, America is the greatest. (laughs) Oh boy. To all Disney parks, but mostly those in the United States. (laughs) But mostly those in the United States. So guys, do we have uh, do we have some things that are making you happy in Disney this week? Yeah, I, I uh, you know, so you know we're recording this is not too far behind us was Halloween and um, you know I I love the fact of the the next door neighbors were uh, dressed up in in one was Cruella Deville and the other was. Uh, Oh, one of the other princesses, maybe Anna or Elsa, or now I'm forgetting which one she was. No. But anyway, <laughs> so anyway, as we've said in the in the past, you really do know your princesses, Paul. Oh my lord, I am. Oh, like I'm not going to put them on the spot again. Don't please. <laughs> Some princess somewhere. Second favorite princess. Go. <sighs> um, Least favorite. Go. I've revised it. It's Moana. Oh, she's great. I'll I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah, that's the one. But no, no, it was really great to see. And 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 then uh, my wife dressed up as Mickey, Minnie Mouse, uh, giving out the treats. So you know, so so Halloween itself was kind of a little bit of a of a happy thing. And just to kind of see, uh, you know, and I think I've seen pictures online of different people with their kids taking them out trick or treating. And you know, I love them when they're all dressed up in in Disney ish type costumes. So. Um, you know, I just think that's always fun to see. Yeah, that's mine too. Um, oh, sorry about that, man. No, no, no. I'm, I think it's good. We, it's the tit, or, the tit for tat. We build off each other. Let's go. Um, we live in this neighborhood where there's a, something, almost 300 houses. And so Halloween is like an event. We were warned, like, as soon as we moved in, like, you should have pounds of candy. And we had 40 pounds of candy. And we ran out by 8 o'clock. Um, we also had two things of sangria, uh, and we ran out by eight o'clock. Um, sangria and, out too, I see, huh? Oh yeah, we had. Well, it's <laughs> this neighborhood has like the setup, right? You got like people are sitting in their driveways, like they can't. Like this is, this is like the the, the big holiday, and so um, you know people go all adults out. Bobbing for apple. Mm-hmm. It's like kind of adults bobbing for apples, but pretty much, sangria. yeah. Well, there were apples in the sangria, so yeah. I mean, there was the COVID version of that. <laughs> alcohol kills off all the germs sangria Um, is the covid version of bobbing for apples i like that uh, i can roll with about anything but so 
so it was great seeing all the costumes um uh just fantastic but in particular um uh my uh, dear friends who live on the street behind us came and visited us with their three absolutely adorable children uh anna elsa and then the littlest one is one year old was sully and was holding a stuffed mike wazowski and yeah. which was adorable absolutely adorable and uh like you know, the, the, these these girls are so sweet. And they walk up, and I, I said, "Who are you?" And she, "I'm Princess Anna." And that like squeaky little three year old voice. And when my neighbor across the street heard that, she was playing music, um, you know, Halloween music. She put on "Let It Go" from Frozen, and the girls went nuts. It was so cool. Um, and you know, just to be, you know, throughout the neighborhood, you'd walk by. I think there was like half a dozen houses playing "Grim Grinning Ghosts." You know, there was tons of baby Yoda, there was Mickey, there was all sorts, it was just great. The, the, you know, the Disney costumes, Disney, Star Wars and Marvel were, I just, from my rough estimate, like at least a third of what was out there. It wasn't really all that scary stuff. It was the fun stuff. It, and I, I really enjoyed that. It was nice. A little slice of Disney in my neighborhood. Nice. I think what's making me happy this week is recognizing the cast members and the work they put in to go from Halloween to Christmas decorations overnight. Oh yeah. Halloween ended obviously on October 31st. And then literally when people went into the park the next day at the Magic Kingdom, all the holiday decorations were all over the Magic Kingdom. And I just am astounded at the speed with which they pulled that off. Because if I have a big project at the house, you know, say we wanted to remove a bush. We talked about it for about six months. And then it took all afternoon to try to get rid of that bush. I'm just, I'm floored by the work and the drive of Disney World cast members to pull that off in, in, in overnight, yeah. literally overnight. Um, so I thought that was astounding. Yeah, that's a bucket list of mine as well that I'd love. I think I, I think I one of these years I'm going to plan a trip to Disney on October 31st, November 1st. So so that, you know, I can watch that or even like here. I don't know is I don't think the resorts they do at the same time. I think they do those like a couple days later. They're working on them like the, the uh, Grand Floridian gingerbread house is under construction now. That yeah. takes a couple days. It does. It's funny that, yeah, a resort gingerbread house takes a couple of days, but an entire theme park, yeah, we could do that in one day. So wait, Matt, I got to ask, how do you feel about the pineapple decorations? Apparently pineapple is all over Main Street USA and then in the new wreaths and all the new golden, um, the new golden. Oh, I missed that. What's the deal? I have no, well, I mean, pineapple, I get, I guess fruits always have been Christmas decorations, but like they are, in some cases, like the centerpieces of some of these uh, light post Mickey wreaths, because all of the, I do love Disney's, you know, commitment here. The Christmas theming is different this year. I mean, it's similar, but it's different. It's 50th anniversary themed. It's golden or iridescent. Iridescent. Is that how you say it? Yes. Iridescent. I, yes. I, I, got, I got, okay. It's, I got close. It's a made up word. I got close. So anyways. So I, I noticed also they did the overlay of the Jungle Cruise into the Jingle Cruise yeah. as well. And and this is like the first time with all the the different shifts they've made to that ride that it's had this incarnation of the Jingle Cruise. So 
I'm absolutely floored by what those people, when they're tasked with a job, pull off. Yeah. And I hope the Disney Corporation compensates them well for such, <laughs> such amazing work. Absolutely. So let's get into the meat of the, the meat of the show. Today's topic, we're looking at Disney parks around the globe and an attraction that we would love, each one of us would love to ride or be a part of. Um, so I think what we're going to do is we're going to go around the horn and kind of talk about, you know, see what you guys think. Um, and of course, any if anybody has an opinion, please feel free to send it at thishappypodcast at gmail.com and share it on our social media as we'll be posting on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So guys, let's start with Paul. Paul, what do you got? So this one's a hard one. I um, Because most of my Disney thinking is generally stateside, I haven't really thought much about a lot of the parks um, and what they have, especially since some of them have recreations of the same stuff. So it's like, you know, I know that not, that's not, you know, that's trending in a new direction. And that's kind of where it leads me. Um, where I, I kind of, I, so for me, I was kind of stuck a little bit between um, Tokyo Disney Sea um, and, uh, and Shanghai Disneyland as two of the parks that I definitely want to see them. I love the immersive, I, I love the, the consistency of theming of, uh, Tokyo Sea, but it doesn't have one attraction or one thing that I just appreciate the variety of different water-based things that they kind of uh, created around that park. I think that's kind of imaginative, but you're, you're going to laugh at me because here I am, I'm going to pick something totally out of left field for what you're thinking. I'm going to go with a castle. I'm going to go with a castle. But not the castle. Now, I, you think I'm going to go with the castle in, in, in Disneyland Paris because it's got dragon under there, which is pretty cool. But I'm going with Shanghai Disneyland. I'm going with the castle. First of all, it's bigger. So I like, I, I like the size. But it's also got a lot of stuff in it. Um, it's also got um, uh, the, you know, like it's got it, within that big size of a castle, it has got all kinds of different attractions in it, different types of restaurants and uh, different rooms that you can go into. Um, I think that's pretty awesome. But the thing I think that really appeals to me is, is, is not even just so much the castle as much as how it's, it's been set up. I, I, one of the things that I'm truly in, I, I, I'm, I'm all in for is Disney's respect for the local culture. Um, and that's one of the things that I think that Shanghai has done so well is they have meshed the culture of the community with the Disney. And I, you know, I, I think their, um, I think their, their, their logo is authentically Disney, distinctly Chinese. Um, and I think that that with the, the fact that there's a, um, a garden in front of the castle that has different elements from uh, Chinese culture that that mesh into that. Um, I, I'm still a little messed up that that they flipped it and that if you go to your right, you go to uh, you know, I think what adventure or frontier area, and if you go to your left, you go to Tomorrowland, and that just it's, it's Adventure Island Treasure Cove, adventure I think, Island. to the right. Yeah. Um, 
Now, I will say my runner-up for attraction I want to see while I'm in the park there is going over there to the Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, that Pirates ride, I definitely want to ride one day. I think the fact that you that they have screens, they have a whole different story. You go in, there's fire, there's you're underneath water. I mean, that Pirates attraction, I think, is just top-notch, and I definitely want it. There are like five jaw-dropping moments on that yeah. ride alone. I have watched the YouTube video and I'm like, how do they do that? And it's just like, and I, and, and it's one of those things I, every time I see that Pirates ride, I always think I so want that with us. But then I said, I don't want to abandon the traditional Pirates ride we do have. Um, so it, I'm mixed. Um, I guess just never get rid of Disneyland Pirates. That's for sure. Disney World, maybe we can talk, but I love, I love Shanghai's Pirates. So there's that that's there. But I think where I really, I kept going back to it, but what I love about the parks, and you guys know this about me, is the ambiance. And the rides are fun. And yes, I'm going to go to, directly to Shanghai uh, Pirates, but I want to experience that the, the, the Mickey Avenue that leads in, um, which I think is a really awesome retheming of Main Street that leads into the castle, um, where you have this kind of introduction to the Disney characters, and that's how they've done the Main Street, the garden that respects the culture, and then this castle that's just massive and is so, has so much uh, about it that just is, is inviting, it, it, it you know, it, it brings that, they really make use of the space that, that lifts your eyes up and to see it. It's also a tribute to all the Disney princesses, I think, um, or many of them at least. And I think that that notion of not choosing one or the other, but rather that they're all in there is something I really like. So I kind of am like, it's a little bit of the castle and then let's maybe verge over to the pirates right after that in Shanghai. So that's where I rent. I know I'm cheating a little bit by kind of having two things there, but you know, I, I, that's where my, that's where, that's where I went that if I wanted to go somewhere, I really wanted to do that. Well, so do I'm assuming, think, oh no, go ahead, Matt. No, no, go ahead, John. No, I was, uh, Paul's talking about Shanghai. I just had a thought. Um, what would it take to get you on their version of Splash Mountain knowing that they have a scary animatronic that jumps out of you after the, the drop? um roaring rapids i think are, what is it going to take to get me on it yeah yeah if you're going to go see pirates we're going to go to shanghai you're going to see the uh you're going to see the castle you're going to go to pirates uh, what would it take to get you on that ride listen i'm here to hold whatever souvenir bag that you've got in your hands john i'm, I'm here to do that for you you go and you enjoy that and i'm going to just sit there and i'm going to enjoy i'm going to watch you come and down i don't think i don't know if you can watch you come down but anyway i'll, I'll do that for you that is what I'm going to do to make sure you're taken care of there. Um, but uh, no, I, I, yeah, no, I, I want to have that intense pirate experience. I do not need to have a more intense splash experience than I already. If, if, if the Disney world version of splash is still freaking me out, how do you think adding another component of freakiness is going to do it to me? I don't know. I thought maybe you'd feel good in the moment. You're traveling internationally, once in a lifetime trip, but uh... it's all right. I mean, I'll take done, your word on it. You've done Expedition Everest. 
Yeah. And the drop on Expedition Everest is bigger than Splash Mountain. Ah, no, no. See, there's a difference. See, the, the, the drop on Expedition. See, now we're getting into these, these questions, but I, okay, I'll answer it for you. When you drop on Expedition Everest, you bank as you're going down. So the, so the, the, the gravitational force is not a plummet. It's a, it, it moves you to the side. So the plummet is actually um, muted or, or distributed differently because you're moving sideways along with down. And that eases, that eases the tension for me. So I'm fine. If you go straight down, but then you curve, I'm fine with that. But the drop on splash is not curving. You are, it is, it is, it is going down one direction. Sorry. <laughs> we just, we, we went back to the scary things, didn't we? We just went to the scary rides again. You, you can't you, shed you, it you back. That's all right. That's all right. Cause um, the attraction that I would really like to to, to go to is also in Asia. Um, and when I look at it, you know, I, I've looked at, I, I've talked many times about my, my fascination with Haunted Mansion and the various Haunted Mansions. Now I'm going to say like, I'm not going to go and pick one of theirs. Um, I'm going to go, and I know that might be a surprise to, to some people, but I'm going to go with Disney Sea's Journey to the Center of the Earth which from all the videos I've watched over the years is like a mashup of the Indiana Jones ride at Disneyland and dinosaur down at animal kingdom. And then adding in an aspect of a sudden quick launch drop uh, toward the end of the attraction. And you, you deal with a sort of dinosaur like animatronics throughout these really advanced animatronics um, that look like animatronics and, and not necessarily like what we've talked about in recent episodes about the, the, the mapping on faces, things like that. These are genuine moving animatronics and they interact and they lunge at you. Um, and it starts out nice and easy, kind of like dinosaur. And then it picks up as it goes along. Everything that I've seen about it feels like it's totally and completely immersive. Disney Sea, like every every aspect of what I've seen at Disney Sea, it doesn't look like any other Disney park by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and and to me, what I see at a journey to the center of the earth is that sense of danger that I'm always sort of compelled to that that sense of speed and drop. Um, and I love big roller coasters, and this isn't necessarily a big roller coaster ride, but it's got enough of a enough of a drop that it'll tingle the tummy a little bit. Um, so I would, I would pick that. I, you know, I, I really did went back and forth, and I was like, oh, I'd love to get on some of the the haunted the haunted mansion inspired rides out there um, in Asia, but Journey to the Center of the Earth to me is just so compelling, so compelling. For, for all of our listeners out there that, that have not Googled or looked into Tokyo Disney Sea, now the three of us have not been there, but it is very much the holy grail of, of Disney theme parks uh, for, for fans. Uh, uh, I don't want to derail this, Matt, because it's yours, but uh, it almost needs to be seen to be believed. Like the fact that um, Imagineers essentially got an unlimited budget to build something that is truly and deeply immersive i mean like the electrical panels the exit i mean 
everything. Take Disney World and crank it up 10 notches. I mean, that's Disney C. So uh, I just, uh, this is Matt's, uh, Matt's time, but uh, just Google it for the listeners at home. Yeah, I think that that's, um, you know, for Americans, we felt, I think, we've felt a little slighted over the last couple of years that we've seen some of the budget cuts that have happened with the American parks and some of the rides and the attractions. And I think we're going to be all very curious to see how Tron turns out compared to its Asian counterpart. But when I look at what they were able to do at Disney Sea and some of the other parks recently, this is what happens when you invest in talent and let them, let them go to town. Um, let them learn about the cultures that they're building in um, and try to in, incorporate many of the things that that tie into the local culture, but also bringing in some of their time and talent and really letting loose. Um, so when we had our unlimited budget land episode a couple weeks ago, if you really want to see what that's like, take a look at Disney Sea. Yeah, I Disney Seas, I, I mean, they just... They, and they make use of what is what what is the 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 centerpiece of that park, which is water, and making making elements of how people are on the coasts and how you can you know so that's an element of being on the water in the coasts you know um, so I yeah I I can't I love that, that that was consistent I mean the one thing that to me bugs me about some of the other parks sometimes is that there's just an inconsistency from land to land. It's like, you have to like, you know, I mean, even myself, I, I've gone from Toy Story land to Star Wars land and, and Hollywood studios. And I feel like, like it's like ripping off a Band-Aid. It's like just so dramatically different. Um, but like the, the, the theming of Tokyo Sea is that one land builds into the other and they keep that, 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 that notion of the consistency of the, around the water. So I, yeah. One of my high water marks, pun intended, for Tokyo Disney Sea is in their indoor land, Mermaid Lagoon, which is around Little Mermaid. They themed the ceiling. Now, if you uh, go on most Disney dark rides, not Splash Mountain, Splash Mountain, the ceiling is very much themed. Um, most Disney dark rides theme all the way up to the ceiling, but not always the ceiling. Yep. Uh, but that's the Tokyo kind of the Tokyo Disney difference. Um, yeah, and and their flagship ride, the one that Matt has has cited, a, a journey to the center of the earth, has long been like the Disney fan, you know, fandom, like the online forums dream that it would come to the U.S. in some form because it's just so. It, Matt, is it fair to say that ride really kind of like there are there are certain rides that are like they change the game, they're paradigm shifters in the Imagineering world. I feel like it's fair to say that one was. Yeah, I think that one, and I'm. And I'm taking a good guess at what might be your pick for the attraction you're targeting. Um, I think those two are the legit game changers. Um, and then the envy of Disney, American Disney fans, um, they look at them and say like, oh, wow, how can we incorporate that? Yeah. Um, now, so I want to see, see, John, if, if, uh, if you pick what I think you're going to pick. Well, I think well, I th I'm going to pause with my question because I'm anxious too. So, John, I think the floor is yours. Oh, oh, wow. Well, so um, this one was difficult for me until it wasn't. I mean, I still have yet to be a Star Wars land. And so I just, I've just, that, I, 
it's a cop out. Like I, I mean, everyone on this that has listened to this podcast knows I'm going to cry very manly tears when I finally get to ride Rise of the Resistance and pilot the Millennium Falcon. So I just took those right off the table because those are attainable goals, hopefully. But for me, my number one ride that I want to ride uh, abroad, far and away, is Mystic Manor uh, in Hong Kong Disneyland. Now, for our listeners that don't know. Hong Kong Disneyland for a long time was sort of the stepchild of the Disney parks. It was one of the last parks that uh, Eisner built. It was built on the cheap. It was almost a direct clone of Disneyland in California, but minus all of that original charm. Um, It was really in sort of dire straits. It was sort of value engineered. Um, It it was one of the last, it was a, a, a bold vision of the Eisner era that ended up uh, suffering from sort of that, the end of the Eisner era where where things kind of uh, struggled. So uh, in the mid 2000s, they set out to to change this, to give some unique charm to Hong Kong. So they built Toy Story Land, um, which they were also building in Paris at the time. And they built these two flagship attractions, uh, Grizzly uh, Gulch or Grizzly, um, yeah, Grizzly Gulch, and that's an incredible uh, Thunder Mountain Expedition Everest hybrid, which seems pretty neat, and Mystic Manor, which is their version of the Haunted Mansion. Um, but uh, Paul, you talked about sort of uh, cultural sensibilities. Uh, Mystic Manor is not sort of spooky ghosts and hauntings because that doesn't, not only does that not play, it's a little bit disrespectful to some of our Eastern brothers and sisters. Um, it's, it, it's essentially it's a museum of the weird almost it's it's the uh, idea for mystic manor came from the oldest dreams and iterations of walt disney's haunted mansion when it was a walkthrough museum of the weird and then they were going to do that for the post show and they decided no we're not going to do that and so it follows the the story is it's excellent first of all it's a trackless ride system it was one of the first um trackless dark rides uh, to be fully implemented in the Disney parks. Ratatouille was one of them uh, as well. Uh, and uh, Pooh's Honey Hunt and um, Monsters, Inc. Ride and Go Seek. Most of those are in Asia. Um, and it, it follows the story of the, the Society of Explorers and Adventurers, which has now become the sort of like background story that ties together all the Disney parks and some of the Disney cruise ships. Um, it's Lord Henry Mystic and his monkey, Albert. And the, the attraction focuses on Albert, this adorable monkey that opens up this um, music box. Uh, and in that music box is magic that uh, infiltrates or animates this entire house. And there are multiple effects that have to be seen to be believed and homages to different uh, attractions. There's uh, in the, uh, excuse me, the, um, Polynesian section, there are uh, tiki room animatronics. And uh, um, in the, uh, the uh, Mediterranean section, there are busts of, of suits of armor talking to, be, to mirror the bust in the Haunted Mansion um, singing. And Danny Elfman does this beautiful score. It's just incredible. It's an incredible ride. It, the, the score is a delight. The theming is a delight, Mystic Point. I wish it was fleshed out a little bit more as a land. It's really only one ride and a, kind of a shop. Um, but it's one of those trackless systems that 
you're never getting really the same ride twice, which I find incredible. Uh, and a beautiful, beautiful integration of screens, of, of extra sort of 21st century technology and animatronics, just all the way around. Uh, incredible, incredible, and a, a flagship attraction for that resort. Those screen, the screen usage there, I'm not a big fan of screens on rides, but those screens make it look like the experience is 3D. Uh, but without glasses, yeah. it's an extraordinary feat. As they and I'm not a huge fan of the concept of trackless rides because I feel like largely they don't they just move side to side and they do these kinds of like you know like this gliding you feel like you're in a hockey puck type thing like an air hockey thing. But the way that that's done there feels like the haunted mansion, but at the same time feels like you're part of like. The adventure as it moves from room to room and like that the wind could carry you away it's really brilliant it's it's just i mean they're firing on all cylinders i agree with you that the score is good they use the ride system well the theming is good the adorable character of of albert uh the tie-in for like the super fans like me into i mean there you could trace the thread of of c the society of of uh, explorers and adventurers uh, into the Jungle Cruise now in the Magic Kingdom in Florida, into um, what's that new ride in uh, Typhoon Lagoon? But Typhoon Lagoon in Florida references that. Um, I forgot the name of that, but it, I've seen that a couple of times and I'm like, that really does sink in with, with some of the other parks. Right. I just think it's so cool. It's just so cool. And, and uh, I, I want to visit Tokyo. I mean, Tokyo's Disney Sea, as Paul, you said, is sort of my, my holy grail. I want to visit that. I want to visit Shanghai. I think the, the grandeur of that castle and sort of Shanghai is very much a park of e-tickets. I think it's incredible. But for me, I've always just been fascinated with Hong Kong. I don't know why. I think the new uh, castle with the mountains in the background is really the only Disney park that lets the, uh, the region kind of uh, show itself a little bit, but it, it works with the story. Um, so I don't know. I just and I think the Mystic Manor story works so well in the Hong Kong climate with the uh, uh, the um, just the everything there. Anyways, well, yeah, I can keep like going. You said, yeah, the the climate. I think that yeah, you kind of have that spooky, you know, cloudy weather sometimes and things like that. Uh, did did the with the Society of Explorers and Adventurers? Like I've started to learn about it because one of my one of the restaurants I've just been enjoying going to lately at uh, the Magic Kingdom uh, is the Skipper Canteen, which really leans into the society. Um, was the, was when Mystic Manor was uh, uh, developed, was that like the first iteration or the first kind of movement into uh, really kind of starting to establish that universe? Yeah, it was it was sort whatever. of the sequel, you know. Um, I think that the first one was Harrison Hightower in Tokyo Disney Sea, their version of Tower oh, okay. of Terror. But okay. without Mystic Manor, really, um, well, the first one, if you ask a real Disney super fan, is the Adventures Club on Old Pleasure Island, and so then that was oh, yeah, sort of yeah. re right. But that's, yeah, that's no longer good. yeah. That's like the prequel, and I think that the uh, sort of the original was Harrison Hightower in. Um, the Tokyo's version of Tower of Terror. And then Mystic Manor is really where uh, it took off. It really almost became a, a franchise. If you okay, will. yeah, that's that makes sense, yeah. Um, and, and then is that really, 
because I haven't really watched any of the ride videos for um, Mystic Manor. Um, you said it's a museum of the weird, but does it have, I mean, where is, is there other, is there some comparisons to the traditional Haunted Man Manor that, Haunted Mansion that we would know from Disney World or Disneyland? Yeah, so I mean, um, there's homages to it throughout the ride. Uh, like I said, sort of the, there's, there's a scene where um, the, uh, the uh, suit of armor heads are singing to you, serenading you in, in the exact same sort of mannerisms as, as sort of the Haunted Mansion bust, statue busts. Um, okay. Even Danny Elfman's score has the very occasional notes that kind of, they, they evoke grim grinning ghosts. Yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, no, it, it, it is supposed to sort of serve as their haunted mansion. Um, uh, but it's, there's, go ahead. There's even a part where you're going by where the casket would be in the haunted mansion. And there's, there's creaking and doors kind of quaking and that kind of thing. So that, that sort of hallway feel. Okay. The and pictures, the pictures switch off too. There's like a Medusa instead of, yeah. um, yeah, it's a changing portrait. Um, trying to think, there are there are handfuls a handful of other um, little so references it's like it that you would kind of feel you'd you'd feel familiar with it, but yet it's distinct, you know, respecting the culture and kind of creating trying something new as yeah. well. Which I I love that one of the things I I do love about the way the new parks are really developing overseas is the, the, the commitment to story. Um, and, you know, you kind of, you started almost telling us a story with Mystic Manor. Oh, I could have kept uh, going. Yeah, and I think that that's, that's where Disney shines is when they tell the story. Um, and it's not just a ride because, gee, this is fun and it'll give you a thrill or this is cool and look at our special effects. But when they tell a story and then the, the effects actually complement and amplify it, um, I think that's good. So I appreciate that they do that. Um, it is interesting to think that the uh, management of each of these parks is independent from one another. They're not, it's not like there's, I mean, there is somewhat a consistent, there is a consistent branding, but, but they're allowed to kind of really build on themselves. Um, and I know that which, I forget which of the parks is actually owned by a whole other company. It's just that, that Disney is, gets Tokyo. Their, is it Tokyo? Yeah, it's the, I believe it's the Oriental Land Company. That's exactly what it is. Yep. Okay. But they yeah, only uh, do Tokyo, right? They, don't, they only they do don't. Tokyo. Yeah. And then um, the, the government, Chinese government, Chinese has, government has a stake in Shanghai. And uh, I don't, I think Hong Kong is wholesale owned by Disney as is Paris now. Okay. Um, although Hong Kong, I think the government also has a little bit of a stake in it because there, um, there's a lot of debate about a second, a second gate, but Disney has to build out the first gate. I think if I could just close with this, Paul, I think you nailed it. It's the story of these rides and, you know, Tron is wonderful and Pirates of the Caribbean and Shanghai, wonderful. I guess Roaring Rapids would be an example of this, but Mystic, the Mystic Manor and Grizzly Gulch are the two, are two examples of non-IP storytelling. It was the Imagineers able to build something from scratch and, and really infuse their creative juices into it. So it ties a little bit of, of, to what Matt is saying about Tokyo, Disney Sea and Journey to the Center of the Earth, which is an IP, but you know, 
I is think the IP for Journey, by the way, the Jules, Jules Verne and all that, is that, that's what you're talking, yeah, yeah. like, based on, right, the original. Much book. of the look of Disney Sea, at least in that area of the park, is very inspired by, inspired by Jules Verne. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It, it's, so, so for me, it, it, these Mystic Manor feels like a spiritual successor to the sort of original Disneyland dark rides. Like, it, okay. it feels like the natural evolution so I would encourage you to watch a video if, if you know, we're not, it's going to be, you're going to be hard pressed to go international. Anybody is uh, for, I think for at least the foreseeable future, but it really does feel like, I don't know. I get the feeling when I watch it, like Walt would like this. Yeah. And I, I appreciate also the fact that, like you said, a, original, um, not IP based um, intellectual property for, for our listeners at home. Um but that I appreciate that because I think that I, I feel like we are losing that touch, especially in the parks and in, in the domestic parks in the United States, that we're leaning a little too heavily into existing properties, not trusting the Imagineers, not trusting those who are, you know, creatives um, to create their own story, like not only create their own way of telling the story, but to just create the, new, the whole story. Uh, from scratch and I think you're right that's what Mystic Manor uh, that's what uh, even I mean I, I mean no journey to the center of New York is technically inspired but but actually one could argue that any of these stories are technically inspired by the legends and stories and familiar tales I mean you know Cinderella is technically an IP from you know all the you know the, the fairy tales um, and things like that but it's not it's not like like when we talk about IPs we're talking about was there a was there a cartoon movie in the last like 50 years that this is based on not you know is this something new and creative from like inspired by the literature or art of the of history um so yeah I, I appreciate that and I think that's what they've done well and I, it's not a surprise that all three of us all three of us want to head over I thought it was interesting all three of us want to go to Asia but we all want to go to a different park um but we'll be happy to go to each other's park because I think they're all pretty awesome. I would love to. Uh, I'm not sure I'm compelled to go to Disneyland Paris or Euro Disney or whatever it's called at this point, but I would love some version of Crush's Coaster to be on be in what, America. What about Phantom Manor? You're a big you're a big Haunted Mansion guy. Phantom, uh, having ridden it, Phantom Manor is legit. And I've seen I've seen a couple of things. Um, you know, YouTube's that feel like it's very similar. Almost, I feel like Disney might have messed with it too much over the last couple of years to make it more like the American version um, and less less uh, European. Um, I know at one point Vincent Price was the uh, the narrator of the ride, uh, the ghost host of that oh, ride. Yeah. Well, and they did the same thing. Paris did the same thing. I, I was, a, so one of my first places that I was actually going to go until, um, uh, before, as this week began, was actually uh, sp the Space Mountain in Disneyland Paris because of the fact that it was inspired by Jules Verne. And I just loved what they did. But then I came to discover they stopped doing that and it's now themed through Star Wars. So you've got an exterior that's Jules Verne, but it's Hyperspace Mountain now um, and now I love, I love Star Wars, but I feel like, like that's where I actually, I, I never knew they changed it. And then I looked up and I'm like, oh, actually they've, they've changed it twice since then. And, uh, and since 2017, it's been hyperspace mountain, which is, which is great, but 
I think that the charm of Disneyland Paris's Space Mountain was that they went with the Jules Verne theme and they kept it for a long while. And then I'm like, well, then no, actually, I don't want to go and like, that's not one of the ones because I've been on a hyperspace mountain in Disneyland. It's cool. It's awesome. But is it, I don't think I need to go to Paris just to do something I could do here. Well, that one's got loops and things like that. Oh, does it have like inversions? Yeah, that one is intense. That was a... Maybe I'll hold your I'll hold your uh, your your souvenirs while you go on that one, and you tell me about it. Maybe maybe it's a good thing. It's that's good. It, it, I don't need to see it now. That's good. They've they've they 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 got rid of the Jules Fern theme, and it was going to be scary for me anyway. So. I will say their Thunder Mountain is the best in the world, far and away. Just the, the Paris best. one. Yep. Why? Um, it's on the island, and the I don't they don't call it the Rivers of America there, but it's on the island. Uh, so the station is is on the mainland so to speak you get in the station you go kind of down a tunnel and it's it's more intense it's longer and you kind of uh, you come out the tunnel um there's this feeling of excitement and intensity being on that island with nothing else kind of around you it's it's really spectacular all right well that's i'll have to keep that in mind considering that thunder mountain is in fact my favorite of the disney disney world uh the magic kingdom rides so um so I'll have to, uh, I'll hold you to that. When I go to Paris, probably not anytime soon, but who knows? It sounded so totally committed when you said that, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry to start walking back going, I'm not sure when I'm going to be. Uh, I think, I, I think, I, and especially after talking to you guys, I think I, um, I think if I have a choice between Disney parks now, I think I'm skipping over Europe and going straight to Asia for the their three awesome parks. So that's the move. Yeah, they have the Imagineers have been given the time and the money and the leeway to do what they truly are capable of doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm envious of the Asian people and the various options they have at their Disney parks. Yeah. So. Let's uh let's pose the question to our, our our listeners. What attraction around the world do you really want to ride? Please share it with us on our social media, on uh you know, in our this happy podcast at gmail.com. Um, and if you're listening to us, thank you for listening. And if you haven't subscribed, please do. We're on Spotify, Apple, Pandora, iHeart, Google, tune in, just leave us a review, share with your friends, and help us get up in those rankings. We can't thank you enough, everyone, for listening. See you real soon, everyone.